Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Here's Jason Longshore. Kick it, Atlanta Soccer tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show. We talk soccer in Atlanta, obviously a lot of Atlanta United. We talk soccer all over the state of Georgia, all over the southeast, all over the country, all over the hemisphere, all over the world. That's what AST does for an hour every week. Tuesdays at 10 o'clock, sometimes we move around a little bit depending on Hawks basketball. But our boys got it done in a timely fashion tonight, so we are right on time for our 10 o'clock start. Atlanta United was not right on time with their offense or their defense on Sunday in Columbus, and ultimately it doomed the five stripes in the Game 3 winner-take-all match at Lower.com Field on Sunday, and it ended Atlanta United's season. A 4-2 win for Columbus in the third game of the series. Atlanta won last Tuesday at home to take it back to game three in Columbus. And they couldn't get it done against a team that ultimately was the better team. And home field advantage played a big role in this match. And we can go back through the regular season and look at points that were dropped. And I will always remember the game in Chicago and the three points that turned into one. Um, There's other games like that. There's also games that go the other way where, you know, they rescued points or they stole points, however you want to call it. So the season is what it is. It is a long season. It was 34 regular games, regular season games. It was three postseason games. It was a couple games in the League's Cup. It was a game in the Open Cup. There was preseason on top of all of that started back in January and ended on Sunday night. You can't take one game out of it and say, well, that defines it. And that's why, and that's why that's not how a season works. 
last night or, or last Sunday was a little bit of a microcosm in some ways of the Atlanta United season. And I think ultimately what it comes down to is giving up goals in bad times and giving up goals that this team just shouldn't be giving up. And that is why they were a very good team. Seventh in the overall league out of 29 teams. Yes, that's sixth in the East. I think it tells you a lot about the Eastern Conference versus the West in 2023. That's pretty good. That's a good team. This was a team that if they got past Columbus, I like their chances against anybody. It's why going into decision day, I said very clearly, and I felt it at the time, and only reinforced after watching the crew for three games. Uh, that was the team that you absolutely did not want to see in this matchup where they would have home field advantage. And Wilfred Nancy showed why he's one of the best managers in the league. And Columbus showed why they're one of the best teams in the league. And I think they're a team that can go on and win this whole thing. I think Orlando, who they will face in the next round, is a team that can go on and win the whole thing. And I know that that kind of makes me sick to my stomach too. Cincinnati, mm -hmm. I think they have the talent to do it. I, I think they've had the season to do it, but they're not going to have some of that talent for some boneheaded reasons, which we'll get into here in a little bit, in their match against Philadelphia, who got to the final last year. Philadelphia's a team you can't really count out. Out West, I don't know. You have to look at the Seattle LAFC series, right, and, and say that the winner of that is a team that can go on and win it, although I'm not counting Houston Dynamo out either. They get sporting Kansas City. That's your final eight in MLS. Atlanta's not part of that. Why? Let's let's talk purely about Sunday first, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the big picture. And look, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about big picture. Atlanta soccer tonight is going to continue throughout the offseason. It is a Tuesday night, 10 o'clock appointment show. And if you can't join us live, you can always catch it on Off the Woodwork on the Odyssey app. So we'll get into all of the big picture stuff as we go, but let's talk about Sunday night first. It's the early goals, and honestly, it was a good start for Atlanta. I thought it was a very even match early on. Atlanta looked up for it. They had some breaks. Columbus had some breaks. It was a very even game until a weird one where Atlanta gets trapped in the corner, and I feel like it's a ball that Saba Lobjanidze maybe could have let go out for the goal kick. He decides to play it. That activates Columbus's press, and it's a very good press. They get Atlanta stuck in the corner. Brooks Lennon drops it back to Miles Robinson, and it's a moment where we've seen this giveaway this season a few times, different people, different places, different situations, but it's one of those moments that you're stuck, and this is a team that wants to play out of the back, and they always will want to play out of the back. Columbus does the same thing, by the way. Let's... Let's not act like Atlanta United wanting to play out of the back is some crazy thing. There's a lot of teams that do this, and the team that beat them does it. This is a moment where you cut your losses a little bit, in my opinion, because I don't think Miles Robinson had a good play here from the end line trying to pass that on the ground through a lot of black shirts. And Darlington Nagby is the one who picks it up, and Nagby then is able to get to his right foot he beats Tristan Muyamba. He gets the shot angle on Jay Fortune and cuts it back across the grain. I think Brad Gazan screened a little bit on the shot. I also think the shot fooled him because it's not the shot you expect. We talked about this with Cucho Hernandez in his goal 
at home or in Atlanta last Tuesday night where he cuts it back across the grain. That's the most difficult shot for a goalkeeper in that moment because more often than not, the attacking player is shooting to the far post, bringing it around to the far side, not trying to cut it back to the near. Nagby does it here and beats Kazan. Goal two, we can sit here and nitpick it all night if you want to do that, and we can find little things, but Malte Amundsen hits the shot of his life. And yeah, Jay Fortune maybe could have closed him out a little bit quicker. I've never seen that shot out of Malte Amundsen. And Columbus is a team that when you look at the overall percentage of their goals from inside the 18-yard box, they don't take a lot of long-range shots. And for them to have two shots outside the 18 in the first two goals here, that catches you by surprise. I don't think there's any chance for Gazan to make the save. It's over him and dipping. He gets up pretty good for it from the replay that I saw. It looks like if it's on frame on a normal trajectory, he's going to make that save. Amundsen has that dip in the shot as it goes up and down over Gazan under the crossbar. It is about as perfect as it gets. You're 2-0 at that point. And I thought the team stabilized themselves a little bit for a while. I thought they were okay. They never looked out of this, and that's something you have to give them a lot of credit for. Goal three is the really frustrating one for me, and it's the the goal that, in my opinion, epitomizes kind of Atlanta United in 2023. And, and you can go back to the, the first goal for Columbus in Atlanta last week where it's a turnover. And it's, it's Sean De Silva again, and it's a moment where I had flashbacks to a line from Frank DeBoer about uh, Pitti Martinez being dangerous in the middle part of the field because he tries things that don't always come off. And in that spot where you turn the ball over as Caleb Wiley's high up the field on the left, Lennon is up the field on the right, you're you're stuck. The pass from Sean De Silva has to connect to Brooks Lennon. It, it's a pretty much square ball. He's got one a little bit further up the field and central to Almada. Silva puts it between the two, turned over, and, and then you're you're done. You're done. And that's that's goal three. And ultimately, that's the difference in this game because you pull one back almost immediately with Yorgos Yakamakis. A great ball from Tiago Almada over the top. Lennon and Almada, they have that that sink where the Almada catches Lennon. Lennon's looking at him. They lock eyes and it's popped over the top as Lennon times the run. Perfect ball back across from Brooks Lennon. That's a difficult one to put on a platter for Yakamakis. He does. Yorgos gets his goal. And it's 3-1, and you feel like, okay, this team can score goals in the second half. Let's go. You're in a good spot there. And you give up goal number four early in the second half. Maybe pushing a little bit too high too early. Uh, there was a lot of time to find two goals. Uh, when you go back and look at where the ball is turned over and where Columbus starts their possession in their defensive third, Fortune is up very high. Wiley, uh, I think, is in a pretty high position on the left side you're sorry. He's on, sorry. He's not up high. My bad. Lennon is kind of high, but he's tucked in a little bit. He's got a decent position. Um, you're in a spot where you don't want to turn it over, but you shouldn't be hurt the way that you were. I think Tristan William Ba gets caught because fortune did go high in this situation. William Ba didn't cover back for him. 
and Matan got behind him. And then Alexander Matan is one of the best playmakers in this league. Slips the pass through to Rossi. Rossi had beat Lennon for pace as Brooks was making a longer defensive run trying to get there. Rossi beats him. And I think it starts with Matan getting behind William Ba. Great ball from Matan. That's goal number four. Then you're completely chasing things. Fortune then makes something happen down the right side. Again, almost immediately slips the pass through to Lennon. Lennon bends the ball. Another great assist from Brooks Lennon. I hate that these are lost in a game like this. Just bends it around the back line on the ground. Shondi Silva got in behind Mo Farsi and puts the ball in the back of the net. It's 4-2. There's still time. There's a good bit of time. But I know I said it on the call. I think Mike Conti agreed with me. You got to a point in that game where maybe 80th minute or so, I think Atlanta running uphill for as long as they did, the the legs were gone at that point, and they just couldn't find any real momentum to get back into it. They had some opportunities to. Uh, Zach Schulte made an incredible save on a looping header from Yorgos Yakimakis. If he cuts it to 4-3 with that, there was still a lot of time left. Maybe that's your last boost of energy. Couldn't find it and didn't get that last boost of energy. And you were kind of limited, especially in the middle off the bench with Mateus Hosechu out injured. Jay Fortune started. He would have been a good option off the bench with his energy coming in, maybe in the 60th minute or so. You didn't have another player who could replicate it. I think Gonzalo Pineda tried to find that. Uh, with Edwin Mosquera, with Derek Etienne, with Jamal Thierry, you, you, Tyler Wolf, you, you tried to find something that, that gave you some life, and they just couldn't find it. I think one of the biggest decisions in this game was Wilfred Nancy sitting Julian Gressel and starting Mo Farsi. Because if you go back to game two, Atlanta opened the game up, and I thought took control of it by playing direct diagonal balls behind Gressel to the outside of Steven Moreira, making both of them uncomfortable and Sean De Silva getting in behind. That obviously would have been a big part of the game plan for game three. Mo Farsi's not Julian Gressel. Mo Farsi, one, is a lot faster. He's a much better defender because he's a right back first before playing a wing back role like Columbus has him in. Gressel's not a strong defender. You can't play him as a right back. And I thought Atlanta exposed him in game two in a big, big way. I said it on the full-time report last Tuesday. I said that they're gonna, they should sit Gressel and start Farsi. Um, they did. And it had a huge impact on the game. Outside of Farsi getting beat on Shonde Silva's goal, the last one, Farsi was really good and did the job that was needed on the night. Sometimes the job isn't always to put in those great crosses isn't always to attack. Not when you have as many great attackers as Columbus has. Farsi gave them balance, and he took away part of Atlanta's threatening attack. And that's what Wilfred Nancy does. Really good performance from him on the touchline. Really good performance from Columbus. They get the win on the night 4-2. They win the series two games to one. Atlanta United season is done. When we come back on Atlanta soccer tonight, we'll talk a little bit about the big picture for Atlanta United as they go into the offseason. We'll also talk about what this upcoming week is worldwide. It's another international break, games everywhere, all kinds of big stakes. We'll get into all of it on AST in 5 on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got you covered. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. We've talked about what happened on Sunday for Atlanta United. Defensive woes, something we've talked about all season long. Now, let's talk just a little bit because this is going to be an ongoing conversation because of what we know and what we don't know right now. Let's talk a little bit about what's next for Atlanta United. Now, we know that there are going to be some roster decisions to be made, some options to be picked up or not picked up. We know Miles Robinson is out of contract at the end of the season. Uh, We know Shonde Silva's loan has a purchase option on it, and we don't know the terms of that, the status of that, how much the transfer fee would be, what it would do to his potential cap hit, all of those sorts of things. Let's run through what we saw as the starting 11 at the end of the season and then talk about the key contributors off the bench and what we know about their status for next year. Starting goal, Brad Kazan. Um, We don't know what is next for Brad Kazan. He said as much after the game in Columbus, which is typical for a player of his status, of his age, of his experience level, and Coming off a couple of years with a lot of injuries, Um, the knee injury earlier this season, I think we forget about at times when we start talking about points that were dropped for Atlanta United. Uh, Go back and look at Brad's results versus those results, and I think there's a big difference. I think if you have a healthy Brad Kazan, 
you don't have as many points dropped in that portion of the schedule. But Brad is also not what he used to be. And I think that's fair to say. So what is going to happen with him next season? I don't know. And I think he's going to be able to make that decision on what he wants to do first. Either way, whether it's for next season or it's the following season, you've got to start thinking about goalkeeper and long-term. I think personally, Vicente Reyes might have been that guy, but he opted to take a deal to go to Norwich City, and he is in their reserves or oldest youth category. Um kind of in the same position that he was here, if not maybe a step further back. I would have liked to have seen him stay and maybe get that opportunity with preseason next year to see where he is. Justin Garces came back from a knee injury this year and had an injury before the last match of the season for Atlanta United 2. We're not sure what his status is at this point. Um, he's somebody who's got to get back to playing every day. And we can, I think, get a, a sense of, is, is he the guy? Can he be the guy? Uh, Claymont Diop and Quentin Westberg were, were veteran backups. I don't expect both of them back in this situation. So no matter how you slice it, you're going to have to figure out some things about goalkeeper. Fullback, uh, Brooks Lennon, Caleb Wiley, both under contract. Wiley's going to draw interest overseas. I don't know if that's going to happen in January. I think it might be the summer before you really start to hear that kind of stuff. Brooks Lennon is a rock to build on, and he's under a long-term deal, and he should be. I think he's the best right back in the league, and he needs to be talked about and treated as such. He is that good, and he's been that good for this team since walking in the door a few years ago. Center back, Luis Abram. We know he's back. Juan Parata. There is an option on the loan as he lost his starting spot. I don't imagine that's going to be picked up, but maybe some of that depends on what happens with Miles Robinson. He was out of contract, and he it seemingly is going to test the waters on what is available for him overseas and, and maybe in the league as well. And you have to do that when you're at this point in his career. Coming back from the Achilles injury last year, Miles had a good year. At times, he looked like the Miles of old. At times, he didn't. I think he had a very good year. I don't think he was designated player level year. I don't think he had that kind of a year. So that's a that's a tough call. Um, there's been an offer on the table, according to Carlos Bocanegra, from uh, maybe preseason. And doesn't sound like that's going to be picked up by Miles's camp. And he's going to go test the waters. You have to at this point. You have to bet on yourself. We'll see what's out there for him. PSV has been linked. Don't know what the future is. And if he is not back, I think you need to go get a starter, obviously. Because Noah Cobb. Not quite ready yet, although can he be the number three guy if you don't bring back Parata? That's a, a question, and I don't know what the answer is to that yet. Central midfield, Mateus Hosechu. Seems like he is either out of contract or going into an option. He's on a large salary. I thought he had a very, very good year, especially paired up with Tristan Muyamba. That salary is very large, and if you can work with him to get that down, I think you'd like to keep him, but then you also have to look at Jay Fortune. You got a lot of playing time as the season went on, and Fortune is different than Hosechu. And can he be as good or better? Is Hosechu a better partner for Muyamba? These are some big picture decisions that are not easy to make. And I, I think a lot of people are going to throw takes around, but fit and chemistry is what this is going to come down to, in my opinion, along with that salary hit. Um, the number 10, Tiago Almada, look, we just don't know. 
And I don't know if there's going to be an offer for him in January that comes up that's good enough for him to go. We've seen all kinds of rumors. Have not seen concrete offers or talk of offers, but it's not January yet, so that's not exactly a shock. Um, There's no telling what happens there. I'm not going to try to predict that, and I don't think anybody else truly can because a lot of people said he'd be gone in the summer. Well, he wasn't. He had a great year. If he's available, you know you're going to build around him. If he's not, you're going to have to replace him with a big addition in that spot. And you're set up to do it because of the moves you made in the summer. Wingers, you're in good shape. Um, You have to make the decision on Sean De Silva. You have to make a decision on where you see Machoke Chol and Tyler Wolf contributing and at what level next year. Does that impact your decision on Sean De Silva? Yes, I think it does. Uh, Saba Lobjanidza, very, very good. And I think he's only going to get better as he gets more and more accustomed to everything here. Uh, Yorgos Yakamakis, you can't ask for more from him. Just hopefully he stays fully healthy all year long and you don't have any hamstring issues from him in 2024. Jamal Tiare, I like the depth there. Uh, I like some of the other depth. I like some of the young players coming up. You've added Nick Firmino to the first team roster for next season. Aiden Doris will be on a homegrown deal, although I think he'll play a lot for Atlanta United too, if not entirely. Um, Luke Brennan, maybe a little bit of a back and forth, but I think he'll play mostly for Atlanta United too. He's maybe a year away from being a regular contributor off the bench in that pipeline on the wing. You might need some extra fullback depth with Ronald Hernandez. That's another one that you look at the salary and look at where he is in the depth chart at this point that you might look to make a move. Santiago Sosa, who lost his playing time as the year went on. There's moves to be made across the roster, but the biggest things that we're going to be talking about and watching are Miles Robinson, Tiago Almada, the Shande Silva decision, and potentially offers for Caleb Wiley and Brad Kazan's decision as well. That's quite a few topics for us to be talking about here on AST and on Stoppage Time for the rest of the calendar year of 2023. We'll have it for you. And any big, big breaking things, yes, we can jump in with a podcast. We can jump in on Stoppage Time and talk about it as it happens, if anything very, very large happens. There will be some end-of-the-season media availabilities as well. So stay tuned. We'll have all of that for you as we go the rest of the year. But, you know, that's a lot of stuff. (laughs) That's a lot of, that's a lot of names. That's a lot of positions. That's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of conversations to be had. And I'm sure that they started pretty soon after the final whistle on Sunday. And some of the planning had already been done ahead of that. Now, this week is an international week. And Miles Robinson, as an Atlanta United player still right now, he is with the U.S. men's national team. They are in the CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinals. The U.S. is playing Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago is not going to try to play anything resembling pretty soccer, home or away. They're going to put numbers behind the ball. They're going to look to play on the counter. They're going to look to play direct. They're going to look for the second ball. It's giving me the heebie-jeebies thinking back to 2017. Hopefully that does not become an issue because the U.S. needs to get through Trinidad and Tobago here in this quarterfinal of the Nations League because that secures them their Copa America spot for next summer. That's why these quarterfinals are maybe a little bit juicier than they might normally be. The U.S. is without Tyler Adams. They're without Tim Weah. They're also without Christian Pulisic, all injured in this window. You're looking at Gio Reyna. You're looking at Folair and Balogun. You're looking at Weston McKinney. And yeah, I think you're looking at Miles Robinson in these games to get the job done for the U.S. First game is at home. 
you really want to get a comfortable win here before going to Trinidad in game two. You don't want to have nightmares about 2017. Game one is critical, and Trinidad is just going to park every single bus they can rent, borrow, slash the tires, stack them up, and try to make it difficult for the U.S. See how that one plays out. The other quarterfinals, Mexico and Honduras, Jamaica and Canada, Costa Rica and Panama. Costa Rica's kind of struggled with Panama as of late. Jamaica, Canada could be really interesting in my book. And Mexico, Honduras, Mexico should be fine. Should be. Jaime Lozano has been mostly fine since taking over. Uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. We will see. I don't think Honduras is going to be able to keep up with Mexico. I do think Costa Rica, Panama, and Jamaica, Canada will be very interesting. The winners of these quarterfinals go to Copa America. The losers go into a playoff next next March to get the last two spots. Six CONCACAF teams in Copa America in the United States next summer. Now, South American World Cup qualifying is also going on in this window. Luis Abram has been called up for the Peruvian national team. They are not in a great spot right now. Right now, they're on the outside looking in. Through four rounds, Argentina perfect with 12 points. They host Uruguay on Thursday and then go to Brazil on Tuesday night in the showcase game of CONMEBOL at all times. Brazil's actually one of the big stories here, too, because they've dropped five points so far. They're level on points with Uruguay and Venezuela, which is the biggest shock of all. Colombia is on six points in fifth place. That's an automatic qualification spot now. Ecuador's on four points. That's the final automatic qualification spot in the expanded World Cup. Ecuador would be on seven, but remember, they were docked three points for the falsification of birth documents of Byron Castillo in the last World Cup cycle. Ecuador still should be okay. Paraguay is on four points. They are in the playoff spot in seventh. Chile is tied with them on points. Worst goal differential. Peru's only got one point. Bolivia doesn't have any. That Brazil-Argentina game will be the one that everybody talks about. But Brazil's got to go to Colombia on Thursday. That one's really good. I think the sneaky good game of this whole round is Venezuela hosting Ecuador on Thursday night. If Venezuela gets a win, you're not going to guarantee anything through five rounds. They go 18 rounds in this thing. It is the double round robin. It is the best World Cup qualification process ever in the world. South America has always had that locked. But if Venezuela gets to 10, they might be in a really good spot. The Asian and African World Cup group stage qualifying, that starts in this window as well. Cabo Verde hosting Angola on Thursday. That's a really interesting game for a lot of different reasons in Africa. Gabon in Africa, they sent FC Cincinnati striker Aaron Bupenza home. He didn't arrive to camp on time, and he was in the country. Now, remember, Cincinnati sat him out against Atlanta on decision day because he returned to the team late after national team duty. So he comes back late in the last window. He doesn't get to the team on time in this one, and they just send him home. Somebody needs a babysitter. Euro 2024 qualifying is also going on in this window. The Dutch, they can book their ticket with a win at home over Ireland on Saturday. That would mean that Yorgos Yakimakis and Greece would have to qualify via the, the playoff next spring. Ukraine and Italy on Monday is the game here, though. 
Ukraine, if they win, they qualify directly for the tournament. If Italy beats North Macedonia this week, and that's who they lost to to get into the World Cup last time around. Don't forget that. If Italy wins that, then all they need is a draw against Ukraine. Ukraine has to win, but Italy might not get back to defend their title. Going to be very, very interesting in those games. U-17 World Cup's going on as well. The U.S. won their opener 3-1. They play Burkina Faso here in a few hours at 4 a.m. A win would clinch moving on to the knockout round. Pour out a little liquor for New Caledonia. They've struggled a bit. Two games against Brazil and England. They've conceded 19 goals and 120 shots in two games. That's not in our 3-4-3, but that's coming up next. Three local stories, four headlines, three things that make me smile. It's coming up in five on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. Three, four, three. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back. Final segment, Atlanta Soccer Tonight. The 343, y'all know how this goes by now. It is action-packed. It's three local stories. It's four headlines. It's three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. I'm Jason Longshore. Let's jump into the local stuff. Number one, Clayton State, the Lakers. They won the Peach Belt Conference men's soccer tournament for the first time since 2007. It was a wild final in overtime against Lander on Sunday afternoon, 4-2. You had a red card. You had a penalty missed. All kinds of things going on in this game. But Clayton State, with two goals in overtime, they get the win. They move on to the NCAA Division II tournament, and they'll play Lenore Ryan in the first round. Number two on the local headlines, more state schools going dancing this year. Mercer's men, maybe the biggest surprise of anybody, they won three games on the road in the SOCON tournament to win the conference and the automatic bid after finishing fifth in the regular season. They're headed down to face Florida International in the opening round of the NCAA D1 tournament. On the women's side in D1, Georgia, they won their first round NCAA tournament match in Athens against Liberty. They will face Iowa in the second round at a neutral site at Clemson. Both Peach Belt teams from the women's final on the D2 side, they'll be in the NCAA tournament. Columbus State won the tournament. They won the automatic bid. They beat North Georgia. 
The the uh, Cougars of Columbus State will face Peach Belt rivals Flagler. The Nighthawks of North Georgia, they will face Wingate. Unfortunately, the tournament runs in D3 have ended for the local representatives. Oglethorpe's men and both Emory's men and women were knocked out in the first couple of rounds over the weekend. Number three on the local side tomorrow night, I'll be on the call as Atlanta United's academy team in the UPSL Georgia Premier Division. They're going to face KSA Pro Profile. This is pretty much the U19 team, although you can't have some players come up and UPSL isn't a youth league, so you can have overage players as well. Don't think Atlanta United has any in this edition of the team. They are 9-1-1 on the season. They're leading the division. There's a little bit of an odd number of games for some teams as they played in U.S. Open Cup qualifying rounds. KSA did. They have games in hand. They're 6-1-2. Atlanta's 9-1-1. Matthew Dijon, who played a little bit with Atlanta United 2 in MLS Next Pro, he is tied for the Golden Boot lead with 12 goals in 11 games. He's tied with Emmanuel Lom of North Georgia United. You can watch the match tomorrow, 8 o'clock kick. It's on the Atlantic Soccer Media Group YouTube channel, and I'll be sharing that as well on my social media at Longshoot. Four headlines from around the world. Let's start with MLS. Houston, they will be hosting Sporting Kansas City in one Western Conference semifinal. The Dynamo had to survive a shootout in Game 3 at home to get past RSL. Sporting, they eliminated the number one seed, St. Louis, in two straight games. Kansas City's been one of the better teams in the second half of the season. I think Houston's the better team. I think Houston will advance. Seattle, they're hosting LAFC in the other Western Conference semifinal. Dallas did stretch the Sounders to three games. LAFC eliminated the Whitecaps in two. Let's hear from Brian Schmetzer. He talked to Nico Moreno of Pulso Sports today. And here's what Brian had to say about this this match coming up with LAFC. This is a one-off playoff game. They're going to be up for it. So are we. You know, whatever we've done in the past, we're going to throw that out the window. It's one game. They'll be ready. Steve's an excellent coach. I really like him. We get along well. Ante's, obviously, we have some history together. It'll be a well-coached team. They've got good players. The team that makes the most plays... On the 26th, they're the ones that are going to go through. That last part about making the most plays, that is what it takes at this this time in the postseason. We saw that in the Atlanta-Columbus series. They made more plays. We'll see who makes more plays between Seattle and LAFC. I think LAFC is capable of that. I think Seattle is maybe the more sure pick here, especially at home. I'm going to go Sounders and Houston in the Western Conference Final. You want to hear that whole interview with Brian Schmetzer? Check it out on Pulso Sports' YouTube channel. Nico Moreno, one of the good guys out there covering the Sounders and covering soccer as a whole. But Pulso Sports on YouTube. That's where you can hear the whole interview with Brian Schmetzer. On the Eastern Conference side, Cincinnati hosting Philadelphia. Now Cincinnati, they're going to be without Matt Miazga, he is suspended for yellow card accumulation, which he managed to pick up three yellow cards in two games. Didn't get a red card. He did it in game one, game two, and in the shootout, which does not affect, or the the, the yellow from regulation doesn't carry over to the shootout, so he wasn't sent off there. But it is accumulation, and he is suspended. There was some talk going around that Cincinnati had 
appealed it, which you can't appeal yellow cards. And there's nothing to appeal because Miazga got the yellow cards that he deserved and probably should have gotten the one in regulation sooner than right after the final whistle. And he got the one for trying to antagonize the fans. And he said he was trying to show love. Go back and watch the video. He shrugs his shoulders while they're booing him off the field. And he keeps doing it. And eventually he gets the yellow card. So he's put his team in the hole. Nick Haglund's done for the year. They are going to be very depleted at center back because of this. Miazga might be facing an even longer suspension because there is talk and it's being investigated by Major League Soccer that Miazga entered the referee's locker room without permission after all of this and had to be escorted away by an FC Cincinnati staff person. There was talk that a security person had to take him out. doesn't matter. You're not supposed to be there. This is not going to end well for Matt Miazga if they can prove that he was there. And the Professional Referees Association said that he said that a player was. They did not name him. Other people did. This is a very bad situation, and you are getting into the realm of referee assault. Don't have to touch somebody for referee assault in this case. Matt Miazga should be facing a very long suspension because I have never heard in any sport in this country of a player going into the referee's locker room after the game. This is unprecedented. This is bad. And Miazga is going to pay the price for that, in my opinion. We'll see how it goes down. Philadelphia is also missing people because of dumb things. Kai Wagner, he is suspended for two more games for racially abusing New England's Bobby Wood in game one of their series. The suspension was only three games, which I thought was really soft. Because Wagner admitted to saying it, they knew he said it. They already had it. They had it from everybody else that he said it. He gets what should have been a six-game suspension cut down to three because he admitted it? No. That's I have a problem with that, especially if Philly makes it to the final and he plays in the MLS Cup final. Oh, boy. Just wait for the takes on that if that happens. I do think Philadelphia beat Cincinnati in the Eastern Conference semifinal. I think Cincinnati is going to be too depleted in the back. The other series, Orlando, or game, Orlando hosting Columbus. Orlando, they they beat Nashville pretty handily in two games. Nashville had nothing going in the attack. Columbus at Orlando is going to be a really good game. I think Columbus gets it done. So I, I'm picking Houston and Philadelphia, or Houston and uh, Seattle and Philadelphia and Columbus in your conference finals. See what happens. The coaching and front office carousel is our number two headline, and it has really sped up in MLS. The Red Bulls are not bringing back Troy Lacine, their coach, or Dennis Hamlet, their sporting director. Little surprised by that. Chicago, they are bringing back George Heights who is their sporting director, and Sebastian Pelzer, who's their technical director. I'm surprised by that. They haven't made the playoffs since they've been there. Phil Neville's been hired as the new manager in Portland. I like that hire. I think he'll do well. Montreal, they fired Ernan Losada. Kind of surprised, kind of not. Charlotte fired Christian Latanzio. I am surprised by that because I don't think Latanzio had all the pieces he needed to have to be successful there. Uh, Minnesota United, they have hired Barnsley chief exec Khalil El Ahmad as their new sporting director. He's going to oversee the process to hire a new coach. Number three on the headlines, it was announced today that Chattanooga FC is leaving NISA. They are joining MLS Next Pro for next season. Here is Charles Outcheck, the head of MLS Next Pro. This club has a, uh, a, a unique um, aspect to it with uh, the thousands of folks who became owners some years ago. 
uh, but that was a really important moment for this club with folks from all 50 states, from all over the world, and uh, Davis Grizzard was part of that group, and that's what brought him into the fold, and he was able to express his love for the club through his newfound ownership, and then over the last number of years, he realized he wanted to play a bigger role than just being, you know, being part of that group. Um, and so, you know, here we are today with Davis having really stepped up to support the club that he loves um, and make this a possibility. And I give him a lot of credit because it's not easy, you know, to be uh, owning a soccer team anywhere in the world. Um, and uh, and he's been uh, great to work with. He's got a long-term vision for this club which aligns with exactly how we want to build that MLS Next Pro over the next number of years. And having independent teams competing against our affiliated teams is a really important part of what we're doing. And that's where Chattanooga FC fits in. Carolina Core that's coming in next year with Chattanooga in uh, High Point, North Carolina. And then we announced Jacksonville last couple weeks ago, Cleveland uh, at the end of last year. And we've got more uh, projects that we're working on around the country. So it's an exciting time for our league. Lots of big things happening in MLS Next Pro. Chattanooga FC had to get out of NISA. There was no future there with teams dropping like flies, and they couldn't go to USL. They had turned that down a few times, according to the rumor mill, and now the Chattanooga Red Wolves are in USL. So that pathway was blocked. Next Pro is going to be the right fit for them. I think it's actually going to be a really good fit for the teams in this region, like Crown Legacy, like Huntsville City, like Atlanta United too. Going to create some good rivalries. Looking forward to it. Thank you to John Nelson for providing that audio. And there's more to come from him on Soccer Down here in the morning. Live interview from Chattanooga at 9.15 on the Soccer Down Here YouTube channel. Number four in the headlines, UEFA Women's Champions League started this week. And it started today for the defending champs, Barcelona. They beat Benfica 5-0. That's four better than last year where Benfica lost 9-0 in that game. Two goals each from Alexia Puteas and Aitana Bonmati, and a bicycle kick goal, if you have not seen it, from Asisat Oshaola. Incredible goal. Bonmati was incredible in this match. Puteas may be injured. She left in the first half. Barcelona's hosting Real Madrid this weekend in La Liga F play, and that's going to be one to watch. Tomorrow, big game to watch. You can watch it on the DAZN YouTube channel. Chelsea and Sam Kerr on the road in Spain against Real Madrid. Three things that make me smile about the game that I love so much. Speaking of Chelsea's women's team, Emma Hayes, the manager of Chelsea, she will be the new manager of the U.S. women's national team. It's a bold move. It's a big financial investment. She's going to be the highest paid women's national team manager in the world. It's a different voice than the status quo. That's what this women's national team needed. Now she's got to start building towards winning the 2027 World Cup. That's going to be the expectation. And a competitive Olympics next summer is part of that. She won't join until after Chelsea's season is done in the Women's Super League in England and potentially a run to the Champions League final at the end of May. She'd have four games before the Olympics. Number two, one of the things that make me smile, let's go back to that Barcelona game from today. Their goalkeeper and Spanish national team member, Cata she pulled a nutmeg on a Benfica player in possession in this game. Barcelona's women are just a joy to watch. I love the style of play, not just for moments like that, but come on. Goalkeepers pulling nutmegs? That doesn't happen every day. You got to love it. Number three, just this Atlanta United season in 2023, and I know it didn't end the way that people wanted it, but some of the things that I will always remember, that comeback in the Almada show against San Jose in the opener, the huge win over Portland and Yakamakis' first goal, Nick Firmino's moment against NYCFC. I think my voice is still sore from that. The demolition job of Miami, 
that playoff win over Columbus. I loved the fight that this team had all year long. I wanted more from it. I know you did too. It feels a little incomplete. It feels a little unfinished. That's what's going to drive it towards 2024. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. We're back next Tuesday at 10 p.m. Adios, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.